TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. It's the Score North Twin Show. There's the record. 29. Vladimir Guerrero. We got 28 on the board, which would tie Josh Hamilton for most in a round. And now it's 29. He breaks... The home run derby record for home runs in a round, which I never thought we'd see it. That was a line drive off the top of the wall. There it is! Pete Alonso fires the bat up. He's your home run derby champion of 2019. That was on ESPN last night. This is the Score North first place twins show live from Bomba Soda, the land of 10,000 rakes to magic numbers. Still 69 giggity. I'm Rami Makloff along with Judd Zolgad, Manny Hill on the other side of the glass. And we do have more twins reckless trade speculation coming up, including a guy right here in your own division who twins fans might be interested in. That's coming up later on the show, but. Judd, you said yesterday on the show you're not a big home run derby guy. Yeah, I, I am. I am a big home run derby guy. I did. Yeah. And I, I told you yesterday the reason I'm a home run derby guy is because as amazing as what these guys do on a baseball field is compared to the average human being, you see it day in, day out. It becomes ho-hum. When you see them on that stage and doing it in that volume, it's damn impressive. It's just downright impressive, and that's when I go, when I'm watching these guys, and I go, oh, okay, all right, that's that's why they're there. These guys are not human like the rest of us. They're a different species altogether, and it was fully on display last night, mostly with Vladimir Guerrero Jr., but I thought the whole field impressed pretty much. I got a confession for you. So you... At the end of the show, did say something along the lines of yesterday, are you going to watch the Home Run Derby? And I'm like, ah, I don't really don't care. I watched the entire thing. The whole thing. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was trying to get, uh, unsuccessfully trying to get stage time at Acme last night. <laughs> so I didn't get home till the, uh, the semifinals. And I, that's, that's when it really, that's when it really got interesting. That's when it picked up. So I caught it at just the right time. I got home. I flipped it on and it was fun. It was amazing. It was wasn't fun. It? And, and it wasn't just Guerrero, Alonzo. Peterson, Acuna, the whole thing. Um, this was one case where the baseballs being juiced was fine. And watching Guerrero hit home run after home run, Amazing. and first of all, look absolutely exhausted doing so because of the time constraints now that they put in place for this thing. There were times I literally thought that he was going to launch his his whole big body into the left field stands. Like, he was jumping at baseball. Yes. He was, it, it, because Peterson's got that, he didn't get tired, and he's got that incredible swing. He's just got a smooth swing. And he, yeah, yeah. It's that classic left-handed Canola, right? Yeah, And he keeps going home run after home run. But watching Guerrero literally, I don't know what the right word is, attack the baseball. It's a perfect launch word for it. the baseball. Yeah. It looked, but it looked like the one thing I kept thinking was, I wonder if those little kids. Did you see when he screamed at the baseball? Yes, I did. He hit the baseball and then screamed. But at I it. kept thinking, I wonder if those poor little kids in the outfield who were supposed to be trying to catch like little fly or fly balls should be taken off the field because some of those ones that didn't clear the fence Screamers. were screwed. I would have been said, "I'm out of here. I ain't doing this." 
Guerrero hit, and they all did. They hit balls that didn't go out that were, yes, screamers. And did you see the mosh pit it was fun. in the stands where the home runs were landing? Yeah. I've always thought, like, that'd be cool to go to a home mm-hmm. run derby. That was a brawl. Like, they were showing overhead shots. Like, they had an overhead camera that must have been on a crane or something that was looking straight down into the into the bleachers where the ball was landing. Yep. And it was an absolute brawl. Grown men. Like, children have no place at the home run derby, it's sad to say because that's who should be getting these souvenirs. Absolutely, yeah, not but the grown children man. have no place in those bleachers. It was insane. But I'm I'm of the belief that I never need to get a hockey puck or baseball because I don't want them flying at me because they could hurt me. <laughs> and I'm watching, but Rami, I'm watching those things last night, and they were. You, you're exactly right. You used the word best. They're screamers. Those things were hit on a rope. Those things, but yes, full disclosure. I watched it, and and I sound very hypocritical after my my dismissal of your question yesterday. I thoroughly enjoyed. I it. have to say, I um I must confess, I subtweeted you last night. I don't know if you saw it. No, I didn't. I didn't tag you. In I it. follow so many people. But that I was, this was the problem. With I was I was me. talking about you. I said, hold on, I'm gonna. Find I said, it. if you're not enjoying this home run derby, then well, and again. And I put ellipses and just a, a, it was a bulldog looking up at the camera saying, "You're no fun." Okay, <laughs> that's very fair, that was, and I did enjoy. That, I want you to know, though. I want you to know. Okay, I came then, around and enjoyed it. You're not no fun. I'll say that you're not no fun. Well, you know what? My biggest problem with the home run derby is I always go back to and forget that they've actually put time constraints on the thing now. It did used to get really boring. I think the changes that they've made to it have. That's one thing. It got Rob boring. Manfred and Major League Baseball yeah. have done right is they've added some spice and some life to the home run because it used to be ten outs or something like I that, think right? So, yeah. like, like you'd get ten outs and it would take forever and and. But I loved it, the fact that Guerrero, as he continued to hit home run after home run last night, at one point I thought was going to keel over. <laughs> like he minute. looked that wait, tired. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Rami Makhlouf has actually said that MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred has done something right. He did something right. right. We'll get to what he's done wrong. <laughs> There's plenty of time left in today's program to get to what he's done wrong. Bit, exactly. It a little bit. Exactly. In, in the hopes, in the in the far-reaching hopes that one day Rob Manfred will come on these airwaves. It'll never happen. Um, no, you, you have a but, better chance of replacing him than him being on the show. Are we all agreed that Vladimir Guerrero won that thing yesterday? I know Pete Alonso got the trophy oh, yeah. and the chain it was from great, Daddy yes. Yankee and the million dollar prize. But what is the chain, by the way? I want to talk about that in a second. I have no idea. I don't get it. <laughs> but Vladimir Guerrero won that thing last night. Like he won year, the night. A year from now, we're not going to be talking about Pete Alonso. We're going to be talking about Vladimir Guerrero, and especially the the semifinal round, three tiebreakers between him and Jock Peterson. Where, like you said, Judd, he is exerting full physical energy onto every baseball that he attacked and hit 40 home runs in one round. Yes. Had to keep coming back 40 for tiebreakers. It was so much fun. 40 home runs in one round. His, that was amazing. His swing it's, his swing reminds me so much of his dad's. Did you see the side-by-side? I was watching. Did you guys watch the regular broadcast no, or the analytics? The bro- I watched the stat ESPN too. Yeah. And they were doing side by side overhead far, overhead superior. shots yep. of Junior and and Vlad and their swings identical. Yep. It's amazing. But as as that so Vlad would start sort of swinging freely and it looked relatively smooth. And and I, I think in a couple of cases he, he wasn't doing great. A, you know, a couple minutes into the contest, 
And so for the last two, he would start those violent swings. And I swear to God, he was jumping at the baseball. Mm-hmm. Like it looked like his feet were launching with the bat. It was it was impressive. It was super but yes, impressive. he won. As, as far as if you bring this event up three years from now and people recall it, they're not going to say, yeah, that's the night Pete Alonso like, won. Who's selling, they're jer- gonna say, who's selling jerseys today? Vlad Jr. Vladimir Guerrero mm-hmm. Jr. Absolutely. is selling jerseys today. Absolutely no doubt about it. Did you guys find it? I felt a little slimy watching because of the way that Major League Baseball's pay structure is. These Oh, I don't care. The prize on the line. And the announcers had to keep bringing it it's up. more than they make. As yeah. if it was a good thing. The announcers kept like, man, aren't these teams smart to get these guys for $500,000? No, it's just a corrupt system that they play yeah. in. That these guys are making But they pay old guys too much. Right, exactly. So, that, so they, and, and they I, paid... They just don't pay the right guys. Necessarily. I think that's part of why it was so good. And those and Pete Alonso was screaming at baseballs too, and throwing baseball bats and trying to pump the crowd up. And his cousin think, was pitching to him. I think what added to the intensity was those guys really. I don't want to say needed that money. They're making over five hundred <laughs> grand, say, yeah. but they really wanted that damn money. It was twice what they're making this and year in pride. salary. It's, it's pride too, right? Like if you're Mike Trout, you're like, okay, I'll try and win, but I've done a, a lot. And by the way, a mill might be nice, but I don't. Need I'm a that. gazillionaire. If you're Guerrero, keep in mind, with Toronto since being recalled, I believe he has eight home runs. He hit something like 90 last night. Yeah, there were people who were saying that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. shouldn't have been in this thing. I think Freezing Cold Takes was digging up a whole bunch of tweets last night from people saying (laughs) Vlad Jr. shouldn't be in this thing. Okay, it's the home run derby. Who really cares? I don't Like, of all the hot takes, though. I wanted to see him. I told you guys last night he was my pick to win it. And you were right. Well, he technically didn't, but... Well, he but he won the night. But yeah. I, I agree. He won because a lot of people who had heard of him but not seen him got to see him last night. And and that display was a lot of fun. It was amazing. Now let's get to the Daddy Yankee chain. That's what it. is the Daddy Yankee chain? It's just a chain that But dad- who who is this? What is this about? <laughs> I have no idea what this is about. I saw Alonzo, the guy came on, put it on. I'm like, what is this? Okay. And they didn't explain it. Mandy, I don't know if uh, you're that familiar with Daddy Yankee. I'm not all that familiar with him. I'm aware of him. I know who he is. He's a, a reggaeton star, is yeah, he not? Yeah, okay. I'm, it's not my cup of tea of music, but I'm, I'm aware of who but he is. But that is that. his genre, right? Say that, that again. Reggaeton. Yeah. Yeah, Man, I mean you can, you're good at that. It's like a it's like a mix between reggae and Latin music and rap. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Okay. And he's very very successful in that genre. He's he's a big deal in that genre. And okay. they said I don't know if they were if they were just estimating or exaggerating, but uh, they said when he put the chain around Pete Alonso's neck that that thing we're talking about the million dollar prize. I heard them say that. Okay, that that chain is worth a million dollars. Is that possible? I mean, it's platinum, it's, got, it's it diamond encrusted, it's got a spinner on it. It spins. It's, Did you see that? It spins. No, I, I missed that part. The medallion I in the middle. I pretty quickly. The medallion in the middle spins. It's amazing. So does that Alonso... reminds me of that, the, the old WWE title that, that <laughs> John Cena had. That, yeah. that little and he put a spinner in, in it. Does yeah, Alonzo get to keep this now? I, that's what I was going to ask you You get guys. to keep the if chain? I, if I'm Pete Alonzo, and I'm only Where are you making, gonna wear it? I'm only making five hundred thousand this year. I may, I won a million in the home run derby. Yeah. Where am I gonna wear this thing? Do I just hang it up on a wall? I'm selling it. Or do you hawk it? Say, yeah, I sell, sell it. that thing, don't you? eBay. Put it on eBay. <laughs> For sale, one daddy Yankee chain. That would be great. Call Pete Alonzo. I mean, I'd like to have it way out of my price range. Probably just get another athlete to bid on it. Do you know what made up buying it? What made me feel the best about the tire competition though? What's that? What made me feel great? Mm-hmm. 
was the final was between two guys who I looked at and said, that's why you don't need to be in perfect shape. <laughs> because you know you know who won last night? Chubby the fat guys. <laughs> Jack Peterson's in unbelievable shape, right? And the swing is as smooth as it gets. Acuna in great shape, right? They weren't in the finals. Pete Alonso against Vlad Guerrero, uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr., two guys that you could easily see walking into a bar and saying, you know, get us a couple beers, get us some fries, get us some wings. And they would down them all. But they're not like Prince Fielder or like, I shouldn't say Prince Fielder. Prince wasn't as big as his dad. They're Cecil? not Cecil Fielder fat. Vlad Guerrero Jr. has that ability. Uh, Pete Alonso's going to be fat someday soon. You think they both balloon up? Oh, yeah. Oh, once they get full-time big league pay... Full time big league food. Pete Alonso's spreads. what? Pete Alonso's what? Twenty three. Oh yeah, he's gonna be when he's thirty. He's gonna be a. He's yeah. gonna be an American League DH, and he is gonna be fat. He's gonna be Albert Pujols. Maybe not that good, but he'll be Albert Albert Pujols. Well, but 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 Albert's Pujols really in shape fat, though. Pujols is a little big. Have he's, you seen? He's, him he's, a, he's no, a big guy. Pete Alonso's gonna be fat. <laughs> Let's make no mistake. Okay, but like how fat? Give me a give me a Pujol, cop. Well, give me a the fat difference cop. is this. Pool holes, pool holes is a little big, but I don't look at him and think doughy. Right. Pete Alonso's the classic doughy guy. He's me. Give me a comp. Um, John Cruck? Yeah, John Cruck. Really? That, that's a good one. Yeah, <laughs> I could, He's 23. <laughs> Rami, look at that gut already. It's a, now, now, it's not huge yet, <laughs> but it's coming. It's going to go over the belt. He's a DH. Yeah, John Cruck's a good one. I think... People got Vladimir Guerrero Jr. wrong. I don't think he's as big as he looks in a uniform. I think there's a lot of muscle mass there. A lot of muscle mass and a little bit of cushioning. Okay, but the big league spreads are going to get to him, and you know it. <laughs> Plus the big league lifestyle, going, out late, no, going but, out late at night after games. Okay, the going out late at night, that's probably a that's, thing. No, but I'm applauding them. I'm not. No, I'm, I'm, not. Not, I'm condoning this. No, we're not fat shaming. And saying, well, I am, sort of, but I like it. I was trying to protect you there. We're no, not fat shaming. I'm fat shaming them as part of the club I want to be in or I'm in. I wonder if Vlad Jr., though, with his with his dad being as trim and cut and is gonna lose it? athletic is well, not necessarily lose it, but if that might prevent him from ballooning good, up good and genes. becoming, you know, Bartolo Colon. Ten years from now, Pete Alonso, I think, is fat for sure. Guerrero, I'm not sure of. Yeah. I could see that. I mean, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has been living the big league lifestyle his whole life. He was in. He was following his dad around. He's he's not new to the spread. He's seen the spread. He's perused the big league spread. I know, in the but club the spread's house. all his now after every game. <laughs> That's true. And the big league spread is, from what I'm told, a great spread. I mean, pretty soon he'll be the one who gets to eat first because there mm-hmm. is a, there is a literal pecking order in clubhouses in terms of who gets to go <laughs> who gets to go to the table first, and pretty soon he'll have. You'll have his pick of the of the craft services table, and well, he should. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. With how he can hit the baseball, he should have that pick. I'm just I'm just glad we won Judd over. I'm glad the home run. It was fun. Yeah. No. No. Good. It's a good time. I I look bad now because I basically scoffed. You you asked the question at the end of Monday's show, and I scoffed at you, and I'm like, I don't like that. I'm not gonna. I probably won't watch, and then I watched the entire thing, and I was I was glued to it. You know why you don't look bad? Because you came here today and admitted you were wrong. Yeah. And I don't think I don't think that makes you. I think that's a good thing. Well, thank you very much. I think that's a good thing that you're man enough. And you to, know what? Also, go fat people. That you can come here today and say, <laughs> Rami, you were right, and fat people are awesome. We need more Mofons in Major League Baseball, <laughs> right, Judd? Absolutely, more Mofons. John Crook. I love Crook. Johnny Crook. Johnny Crook was great. I loved Movon. Oh, such a big Movon fan. And they got what a hip problem. Yeah, yeah. He was fantastic. By the time he got to the Mets, yeah, he was. Uh, oh, it went down fast for him.
but Angels, Boston, right? He he got hurt with, with the Angels because he went from Boston so. to the Angels, and yeah. and then I want to say they diagnosed the hip problem in Anaheim, and that was basically it. And then you're right, he went to the Mets, and it was over. But Red Sox move on was oh yeah, love amazing. Red Sox Ortiz before Ortiz, yeah. Is what he was. That was well. That when I remember the when Ortiz, when Poppy came up with the twins, we talked. That about was all. Yeah, it was. Move yeah, on, yeah, move on. Yeah, <laughs> turned, big power hitting lefty turned out to be a way better move on. Yeah, in Boston, of course. Yeah, not here. That let's not talk about that. That didn't work. Let's out. not talk about that. We all know about that. Let's as, not talk about. As fun as that home run derby was last night, was it tainted? Was it tainted? Mm. Is this a tease? Controversy. Is is, is this a tease? In Major League Baseball. Um. You know what? It is a tease. Actually, I'll I'll take your tease and just say this: the answer is no, but something else is. So the answer is last night was not tainted. You just doubled down on my tease. But something else about the game is very tainted and makes me want to puke. That's a double tease. You just showed both legs. It's the Score North first place Twins show live from Bomba Soda, <laughs> the land of ten thousand breaks. The magic number is sixty nine. We're back right after this on fifteen hundred scorenorth.com and the Score North Mobile. My baseball friends, Mackie here for Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Business owners, I'm talking to you, and I've been one myself. I know what goes into it. You love it, but you're grinding every day, solving problems, taking care of employees. It helps tremendously to have an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as you navigate the challenges of running a business. When you partner with Federated, you get more than just a policy. You benefit from over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect your the Score North Twin Show. Bomba. On Score North and scorenorth.com. Also available on demand on the Score North mobile app, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. I mean, it gets discussed for sure. I, I've, talked to, I've talked to a few guys about it. I mean, obviously something's different. I think everybody's aware of that. So, I mean, we talk about it. Um, and, and it is difficult. It's hard to pitch. Uh, it's hard to pitch when, when everybody in the lineup can hit oppo homers now. So, you know, hey, it is what it is. Everybody's pitching the same ball. It's just, uh, you know, I, I kind of just wish they'd just say what it is. Um, you know, but, yeah, I mean, we have fun with it. I have fun with a lot of the guys here, actually. I, you know, joke with them about it or whatever. And, um, you know, it's uh, it's all in good fun. TCL Broadcast Studios, that just that was Justin Verlander, Houston Astros pitcher, with a topic that Rami and I will get to in one second here on the Twin Show. But, Rami... I had forgotten about this until I saw tweets today. But your favorite sport, do you recall what's going to happen tonight if we go past the nine inning limit? I think it, I know what you're going to reference. I saw this today on Sports Center. We will be in the top of the 10th having a runner sent to second base to end the game as soon as possible with something that they're doing in the minor leagues and something that I am almost certain is coming to the major leagues at some point soon. This is Rob Manfred. Dipping his toes in the pool before he fully jumps in and ruins baseball with called, his rules changes. It's called a soft launch, right? Yeah. It's a soft launch. It's like, hey, come see this. Do you like our new restaurant? Like, it's pretty good. Yeah, got good because we're going to open this sucker on Thursday. I don't understand it. Don't anyway, understand it. that sets up what we're going to talk about next, which is, um, which is, I, I actually think among Manfred's doings, probably far more egregious than putting a guy in second base to start the 10th inning, which is juicing the baseball, which is juicing the, well, which is juicing the baseball and then, and then not acknowledging well, that you juice the baseball. Rob Manfred did acknowledge that the baseballs were different. Yep. He said 
and this was on Monday morning, we think what's been going on this year is attributable to the baseball. Our scientists that have been now studying the baseball more regularly have told us that this year the baseball has a little less drag. It doesn't need to change very much in order to produce meaningful change in terms of the way the game is played on the field. We are trying to understand exactly why that happened and build out a manufacturing process that gives us a little more control over what's going on. But you have to remember that our baseball is a handmade product and there's going to be variation year to year. So right there, he admits that there's something different about the baseball. And then after Justin Verlander's tirade, and there was more to Justin Verlander's tirade, Yep. Rob Manfred tells ESPN's Jeff Passan, baseball has done nothing, given no direction, for an alteration of the baseball. All right. what? Did, which one is it, Rob? So let's stop there. You know why last night was fun? Last night was fun to me, and this has been done, so the Home Run Derby as an all-star game event, started here at the Metrodome in 85. And baseball admitted long ago, and I'm absolutely cool with this, that in the Home Run Derby, they used juice baseballs, which is great because the goal of the game is to hit as many home runs as possible, right? The current statistic right now, according to the ESPN.com story I'm looking at, is overall players have hit, and I'll say this slowly because it's mind-boggling, 3,691 home runs in the first half of this season. Meaning, baseball's on pace for 6,668 home runs, which would obliterate the record of 6,105 hit in 2017. Ugh. Now, Verlander's tirade, though. Verlander's tirade involves some <clears throat> interesting words, but it's dead-on accurate, okay? And this is what he said after the, the soundbite we just heard. Yes, this this is him, I, I think, probably in a sit-down that certainly involved Jeff Passan of ESPN.com. Because he made, in the press conference, he said, do you want me to talk about the Juice Baseball? And, of course, it's the press conference held by MLB. So they're like, oh, no, we don't want you to talk about that. Well, he <laughs> talked about it at, afterwards. <clears throat> Quote, it's a bleeping joke, he said. MLB is turning the game into a joke. And here's where it gets interesting, and here's what I didn't realize until these comments. And this is the key thing to keep in mind to backtrack to what you're saying about which is it, Rob? Quote Verlander, they own Rawlings, and you've got Manfred up here saying it might be the way they center the pill. They own the bleeping company. If any other $40 billion company bought out a $400 million company and the product changed dramatically, it's not a guess as to what's happened. We all know what happened. Manfred, the first time he came in, what he'd say, he said, we want more offense. All of a sudden, he comes in, the balls are juiced. It's no coincidence. We are not idiots. So, backtrack. What Verlander's saying, and it's accurate, they own Rawlings now. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that. Mm. But so this whole thing of, well, we we know something's different with the ball, but they're all handmade, and it's, no, no, no. You basically went in there and said, I want more offense. I want titleists. Yeah. That, to me, is more egregious than trying to change the rules because the disingenuous nature in which he is saying, well, yeah, something we, we know something's different, we're not sure what, is, pardon my French, complete BS. So it's, you don't- it's, it's the equivalent of the NBA, Adam Silver and the NBA deciding, yeah, we're going to widen the net by by a couple of inches, and then going that going that same route. I mean, and like, pretending, and pretending like, well, 
We don't know why everybody's shooting percentages it's, has gone we up. We didn't. We didn't yeah. change the rims. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's it's moving the three point line and then saying, "Yeah, something looks different about the court." Not really quite sure what. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's at all possible? Because this does happen. In in Verlander's quote, there he says, "A forty billion dollar company doesn't buy out a four hundred million dollar company. Things change dramatically, and we don't know what happened." It does happen that larger companies buy smaller but really successful companies who have been doing what they've been doing for a long, long time, are very good at it. They know what they're doing. You just buy the company and let it keep on running itself. It's already a well-oiled machine. We're not going to micromanage. Rawlings, you know what you're doing. Yeah, we owe you now. We're technically your bosses. We're not going to micromanage. You've been making baseballs for a long time, and I'm just throwing this out there to play devil's advocate. You guys just keep doing what you're doing, and then Rawlings... Like he said, a very small change in the way these things are produced and manufactured can pre- can present a dramatic change in what happens on the field. Do you think that's possible that the, Rob Manfred didn't micromanage Rawlings when baseball bought it? Absolutely, positively not. He's full of crap. So in 2013-14, offense was way down. And baseball, rightfully so, is like, okay, the, the pace of play and games are slowing down and teams aren't scoring. What do fans love? Offense. Offense. Home runs. And, and okay, I get that. But in 2015, if you look, there is a definite line to be drawn there that, that when this astounding rate of home runs began was the second half of that year. And, and I actually heard uh, something on a show on MLB Network today that around that time, MLB sent the union proposals. Okay, how can we increase offense? It included the DH in the National League. It included uh, moving fences in around baseball. I believe it included either changing where the mound is at or or changing its location entirely. I forget which one. But Rami, it also included changing the baseball. And it's very clear to me. Baseball, baseball said, you know what? We'd like to involve the union, but we certainly don't absolutely positively have to. We're going to change change the baseball. This is this all goes back to the fact that the greatest lie in all of baseball was while we were all morons in 98, mm-hmm. Major League Baseball knew exactly what was going on. But Seelig knew. But because the 94th strike had been so detrimental, and people didn't come back. If you guys recall, 95 was a mess. 96 was not great. What saved what saved the game again and got it popular was Sosa, McGuire, that whole, the, the home runs. So baseball said to itself again, how can we get steroids back in the game without players juicing? And this was the way to do it. Do you mind? It's gotten out of control. That's the next question is, do I, you mind? I do now, yes. It's, got, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And, and but but admit that you've changed. If, he did. He admitted it. No, and, but just say we told Rawlings to change the baseball, and they did. Just come completely clean. Don't oh, so that don't one, leave. that one missing link is what's bothering you. Yes, it, it it bothers me greatly that they clearly told Rawlings to change the baseball, and then they're still acting like, well, something is different, and we've done some tests. You don't need to do tests when you ordered the change. <laughs> <laughs> you ordered the change, right. so you're doing so. So the tests that's like are, OJ looking for the murderer. But you allegedly. know what? How this is this is what drives me nuts about sports executives and commissioners in particular. And this is true of Manfred. It's true of Bettman. The NBA, I think, is the best at, at avoiding this. Mm-hmm. Football certainly does not avoid this with uh, Roger Goodell. They all think we're stupid. <laughs> so they say stuff like, "Well, yeah. we've run, we've run tests." 
Okay, you don't need to run tests because you ran the test before you started implementing these changes. See, mm-hmm. So, yes, that bo- the fact that they think that we're this dumb bugs me. I don't think, and this is, a, this, is, this, is pick, this is splitting hairs here, but I don't think that Major League Baseball or the NFL, really any major corporation who's trying to sell us their goods, thinks we're all stupid. They know you and I and, and Manny are sitting here having this conversation right now, and we're smart enough to see through their BS. They know enough people are stupid. They know the cas- <laughs> they know the casual fans are stupid. They know enough people are are not well enough informed on the subject at hand for it to affect their bottom line. As as a matter of fact, it increases their bottom line. They know that the people that that are not paying attention to their sport that they're trying to bring in to bring more attention to their sport. They know that those people that they can tell they can tell those people whatever they want and those people will buy it because they're just going to come in and say, "Hey, they're getting more home runs in Major League Baseball. I think I'm going to start watching and following this sport more." And they they look at football too, and they say, "Well, they've increased offense. Why can't we?" What they don't understand is they have they've screwed with their sport and the fundamentals of their sport so completely. And and unlike football, baseball should have more nuance to its game. I don't mind home runs, but this is ridiculous now. I ha- this has got this has gotten to a point where where it is ridiculous, and everybody knows what they're doing, and it drives me even more crazy that they are basically trying to say, "Well, yeah, something's different," but we're not sure. I don't I don't like them trying to pull the wool over our eyes, but again, I don't I think they know they're not pulling the wool over our eyes. The diehard baseball fan and sports fan, they're pulling the wool over, like Manny said, the the casual fans' eyes mm-hmm. who isn't following every move and every step of Major League Baseball the way that we do. But as a diehard baseball fan, and people have called me a purist, I said, I don't know if this was on the air or off the air to you and and Phil Judd, that I'd give back the whole Sammy, as a Cubs fan, I'd give back the whole Sammy Sosa. It means nothing to me now. It was all a fraud. It was a sham. But baseball wouldn't. It meant nothing. It was all fake. And it it doesn't really hold a special place for me anymore, even though... It did at the time. I, maybe I was naive. Maybe I was foolish. I didn't see what was going on. But now that I do, it takes on a different meaning to me. Hmm? That being said, as anti-PEDs as I am, I'm split on whether or not I like the juice baseballs. Because on the one hand, it does throw off the historical context of the game. The The record books are changing. And maybe not on an individual basis, because still nobody has really touched Roger Maris. So that that part of it bothers me. But the part of it that doesn't bother me is that the game is more entertaining now. And you didn't do it by throwing off the balance of the playing field. When when we were in the steroid era, there were steroid guys and there were non-steroid guys. And Mm -hmm. the non-steroid guys were at a disadvantage on the field. So now they were presented with the choice of... Okay, do I cheat and do I put this crap in my body not knowing what it's going to do to me 5, 10, 20 years down the line? Or do I play this thing straight and play at a disadvantage on the field and maybe lose my job to the next guy who's coming up who decided he does want to use PEDs? Like that, I, I felt like that was an unfair choice for those guys to be put in for Major League Baseball to get more home runs, more offense, more butts in seats, and better ratings. That, that's not fair. And it's 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 unhealthy. It, it endangered lives. What they were making these guys decide whether or not they were going to do with the juice baseball. Everybody, as far as the current players on the field, we're all they're all on the same playing field. You're not giving anybody an advantage. You're not giving anybody a a catch twenty two type of decision. 
They all are playing with the same well, baseball. Well, the pitchers aren't, though, then. Sure, I and I understand that. The pitchers that. are throwing golf balls, but I think and that, they know it. And I know it's hard because they're competitive beasts out there on the mound, but maybe just shift what we think is a good pitcher. Maybe we just have to change our expectations of what okay, we think is a good want. pitcher. Okay, but here's what I want. And here's my problem. My problem is this. I want the ball in play again. Yeah. I don't want we we are now to an end 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 result of home run or strikeout. I want the baseball in play. I want people to have to make plays. I think people far too often now that's not the case. I think people say that, and you forget that a lot of the balls in play were just routine grounders and fly balls to outfielders. I'm okay with that. That's not entertaining. I'm okay with that. But it's part of of. The game, especially they've, not for the casual fan who that is right, that but is that's, who baseball needs to attract, right. and that's why Manfred should just come out and say we are trying to get the casual fan involved. We want that person to watch, and so we have dramatically altered our game too bad to the rest of you. What's interesting too is, you know, Rami, you mentioned about like being torn about the juice baseballs. I can, in some ways I kind of feel that way about the PED era because even though I'm I lean more anti. PED guys than I do, you know, the guys that juice and everything. Back then, because you had guys that were using and guys that weren't using, there was a obviously there was a huge distinction between the big the big power hitters who were breaking records or hitting 40, 50 home runs in a season and the guys that were hitting doubles and triples. I I enjoyed that, and this is why I'm so torn on it, because I enjoyed that difference between that, that variance between types of players that we saw, even though the guys who were hitting a lot of home runs were doing it, you know, were not doing it authentically. They were using performance-enhancing drugs and everything. But I liked being able to tell the difference between the guys who were hitting home runs and the guys who relied on being successful hitting doubles and triples, whereas now it's 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 frustrating for me now, even though it the, the playing field seems even, because everybody's hitting home runs now. And what baseball has said now is this. How can we make everybody look like they're on PEDs? Here's how. That's what this is. Mm-hmm. That's Baseball took... Baseball was so thrilled, and probably rightfully so, by by what transpired in the summer of 98 to what, approximately 2002 or 2001 or so. They were so thrilled by that, they said, how can we harness that and get everybody to look like they're taking drugs? Here's how. I have two questions for you. Mm-hmm. One, are you going anywhere? Are you going to stop watching baseball anytime soon if this continues the way that it is? Uh, my interest in, in the game is very, very much changed in the last uh, 25 years. But are you going anywhere? No, but I mean, I'll continue to watch all sports. It's what I do. It's, exactly. sort, of my, it's sort of my life. Right. But and I'm a loser. Not just as a job, but that's just what. Yeah. It's just who you are. Right. Right? That's you're, It's ingrained in you, Manny. Same thing, right? You're not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere, but I will say that the my interest in baseball has grown over the last couple of years. And I think the the big reason for that has been the Twins have been a better, more competitive club. And I think that has helped pique my interest in baseball more. But when I was a kid, and it's funny because... When I was a kid growing up, post ninety one World Series, the Twins were awful for you know for a decade. But kid, yeah. So I'm no longer picking up box scores. I'll tell you that, and I'm no longer lo- looking at home runs because I consider them so devalued. I don't care. I get that, but what baseball cares about is are you turning on your TV, radio, and going? Baseball to the game? doesn't care about me, and, and that's what I was just going to get. And to. that's mm-hmm. that's accurate. And so, I get that. So they got us. 
Yeah. We're, we're not going anywhere. They need to draw the people they don't have. Do you think the casual baseball fan is saying, I want more balls in play. I want more okay, routine but you got, fly but, balls but and But you got grounders. a big problem then with that statement, because if that's true, and it might be, then everything that Manfred is doing rule-wise that you absolutely hate is being done for the exact same purpose, and that's to engage the 23-year-old who they don't have. But that's where his mistake is. You don't engage a 23-year-old by making a rule that a pitcher has to pitch three to but, three guys. But, you don't do it with a pitch but where, clock. But where does it stop, though? Like, like they juice the baseballs, and now they're going to change the rules, and then they're going to do something else that's fundamentally going to offend you, they're not going to stop. That's my point. Well, is they've, they, The slippery slope is the same slope for everything they're doing. All I've said about Rob Manfred and the changes that he wants to make is try doing what the other leagues are doing first before you change what happens on the field. I'm not against you. In terms you. of the marketing. I'm, I'm talking about the thought process. I'm with you. Digital content. I'm on your side right, here. exactly. We're, we're on the same side, but the slippery slope is the same exact slope for all of this, which is let's juice the baseballs. Let's put a guy on second to start the 10th. Let's have a pitcher have to face three guys. That's all going down the exact same slide. And so that's the danger of signing off on any of this is it's going in a direction that for that's going to ultimately alter the sport to a degree where we all say, what the hell have you just done? But we'll still be watching, still be paying for tickets, oh, I'll still, still be turning on our TVs, well, still be turning on our radios. I go on a press pass, full disclosure, a lot. I mean, I I don't pay much. Sure. So, and if I was a if, if I was a fan and and I had kids, Twins games now compared to thirty years ago. I would barely go, probably. Oh, but if you had kids who were like, we want to go see Bombas, you're, yeah, going, but then, you're going to the damn yeah, park. Yeah, but Johnny's going to want to check out in the third, and I can't... <laughs> no, 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 just to, to play this out, if I had children and was a dad with a normal job, I'd probably make it to three to maybe five games per summer. And, and 25 years ago, 30 years back, if I was around my age now and had kids, I bet that would be 15 games. I can't make the kid wait that long. The sport itself, you know, I love the sport, but I get to watch it for free and cover it, which I enjoy sure. doing. But take all that away from me and make me a fan. I bet I go to five games. I think I'd be a fan regardless. Well, I might watch on TV. I'm just, I'm and trying. Go, I'm trying to paint an accurate picture of how I would see this in the listener's shoes. I'd still go to as many games as I could afford in time allotted. Yeah. More home runs wouldn't stop. I think I would save up to go to, if I could do that, I think I would go to different sporting events because baseball just takes so long. A football game takes three hours. An NBA game takes Once three hours. No, an NBA game's way okay, quicker two than and a half. NBA games are quick. NBA yeah, games got, are two NBA and a half hours. They've got that down. Hockey and basketball, they've gotten down to a very manageable game time. I've watched a number of NBA games that are like two hours, 15, two hours, and 20 No, they've got that down minutes. pretty well. I agree with that. I just... I just kind of miss the days when hitting 30 home runs in a season was like a really big yeah, deal. Yeah, and I get I get what you guys are saying. Historically, it changes the perspective the same way that the steroid yeah. era did. But unlike the steroid, steroid era, it's not making for an unlevel playing field. It's not putting guys' health and lives at risk. You're not making them have to make that that decision of, do I cheat? Do I risk my body and my life? Or do I play at a disadvantage to the guy on, in the other dugout? And the guy who's trying to get my job. Like, that's just, think about that. Think about that decision in whatever line of work that you're in. If you were given that choice, like, do I play at a disadvantage? Do I potentially lose my job and risk my life? 
or do I go out or or do I cheat? Those are the cho- those. I probably know. cheat. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd probably go Cordova, just cheat. But I'd be, but I'd be really chiseled for a few years. Sure, I'd yeah. look really good. I can't even picture a chiseled Judd Zolgat. I can't. Not either. that I can picture a chiseled Robin. I wouldn't. No, no, and it, I wouldn't want to. <laughs> Both of us do not. God, God did not put us on this earth to be chiseled, Robin. Judd would want to be I'm more like Movon. I'm working on it. Yeah, John Crock, Movon, got that right. Those guys enjoyed their careers. Boog Powell, go back way, way back in the day. Boog Powell when he was with the Orioles. That was a good fat guy. Those guys enjoyed their careers far more than the guys who were like, eh, absolutely. Pr- proteins and vegetables. Oh. All right, we got to hit a quick break. As Steve Scordorth, first place twins show live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes. The magic number is 69. And Judd has some reckless twins trade speculation for us right after this on Score North on 1500scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. How did I become a fan of baseball and everything you need to know about how baseball works? And it might get a little crazy, but let's get straight to it. Whoever scores the most runs wins. It's the Score North Twin Show. Twins Twins coverage on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. All right, time for a Score North download. I am Manny Hill of Minnesota United. They're playing really well right now. They're going to take on FC Dallas this Saturday evening at Allianz Field. You can join Jonathan Harrison and Dan Terhar beginning at 6.30 p.m. with the kickoff. Coming up at 7 uh, on Saturday, right here on Score North, scorenorth.com, and the Score North mobile app. And, uh, gentlemen, Minnesota United doing really well yeah. right now. Uh, if the playoffs started today, they would be hosting a playoff game. Really? They are in fourth place, fourth place in the uh, Western Conference right now. Good for them. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, it is the uh, Twin Show, TCL Broadcast Studios. Judd, Rami, uh, Manny Hill with you one more segment. And, uh, Rami, I am chock full of. Oh, Manny, you want reckless speculation? You know this ain't gonna happen. How about reckless trade speculation? All right, gentlemen, this is a pick your own adventure. So you tell me, do you want reckless speculation that involves the twins or that involves a division foe, which also might be extremely intriguing? Where should I start? Mm. The obvious answer, Manny, would be to say the twins. I would think so, yeah. But I feel like the. Uh the path to go down where there might be juicier info might be the other one. I think Judd is trying to throw us off his trail here. Do you tell me? Which one do you want? I say the other division rival. Option two? Twins. Yes. Yeah. Option. We'll go behind door number two. Option two. Mm-hmm. I am looking at a story here from Joel Sherman of the New York Post that says the Indians mentality that could lead Trevor Bauer to the Yankees. Mm. And we, I think we brought this up on Mac and Judd with Rami and also the twin show yesterday as mm-hmm. well, which is the million dollar question of would the Cleveland Indians now five and a half back behind the twins going into uh, Friday's three game series against Minnesota and Cleveland? Would they consider before the July 31st deadline trading Trevor Bauer? He is arbitration eligible, I believe, for a year after this, but he's going to cost a ton. And there's been a feeling that Cleveland would like to uh, part ways with a guy that can be a recalcitrant at times. All right? I love that word. It is a fantastic word. I never attempt to use it, but I love it. So Joel Sherman writes this in his second paragraph. When, When it comes to Bauer, the Indians could try to mimic what the... Rays did last July 31st with Chris Archer. Trade an established starter for players that not only project to help in the future, but in the present with uh, with pitcher Tyler Glasnow and outfielder Austin 
Meadows, who they acquired, the Rays did from Pittsburgh. The Rays then went 37-19 and after the deadline, which was tied for the best record in the major leagues. And indeed, if you look at this year's statistics, gentlemen, Chris Archer, still pitching for Pittsburgh in 15 starts at the age of 30 now, and he certainly was a hot commodity at this time, is now 3-6 and six with a 5.49 ERA. Oof. Meadows is hitting 289 with 13 home runs and 38 runs driven in. He is only 24, and he is an all-star. Glass now, the pitcher, is 6-1 and one for the Rays, 1.86 ERA in eight starts. He is only 25. This could make some sense here. Put in this context, mm-hmm. it would not shock me if Cleveland could do this, and Bauer is going to be a hot commodity among teams, I highly doubt that the Twins have any chance here, but certainly the Yankees and teams like that would. This could make a lot of sense for Cleveland to be aggressive, try and trade Bauer, get some idiot help back, and solve that dilemma all in one move. The reason Bauer makes so much sense is because, A, you're taking him away from a division rival if they'd be open to talks along those lines. And Ken Rosenthal said a few months ago, maybe a month ago, in an article he wrote that 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 way of thinking is sort of a thing of the past, that you don't make trades within the division, that there is a in-division tax when you make that type of trade and you have to pay a higher price. But also, you keep him away from the other teams in the American League who you're going to try to get through on your way to a World Series. Part of the reason, and I keep making this comparison because I, f- I feel like it's the same type of game changer, and why I would give up Royce Lewis and or Alex Kirloff to get a Trevor Bauer type of pitcher. When the Cubs went and got Araldis Chapman in 2016 and gave up their top prospect to do it, and a guy who is absolutely raking right now for the Yankees and Glaber Torres, it wasn't just what this guy can do for our team. The other contenders in Major League Baseball in the National League and around Major League Baseball were all in on the Araldis Chapman sweepstakes. Everybody who had a chance at a World Series that year was trying to get Araldis Chapman, and the Cubs' thinking was, and Theo Epstein has said this since, not only are we getting the most dominant closer in the game and who changes the way that we can close out games, but we're keeping him away from all these other teams who we're going to have to eventually try and get through to win a World Series. If the Yankees get Trevor Bauer, now not only did you not get Trevor Bauer, now you have to face him in October. Well, it's just like when the Yankees got Edwin Encarnacion, right? They, they don't they don't really need Edwin Encarnacion, but they're preventing somebody else from going in and getting his bat. That could potentially boost that team to a playoff spot and making them a little bit more dangerous in the postseason. So let's explore door two here, though. All right. Because if Bauer uh, goes to the Yankees, TSN's Scott Mitchell reported or tweeted this out, I believe, yesterday, that the Twins and Yankees have reached out to the Blue Jays about acquiring starter Marcus Stroman and also closer Ken Giles in the same package. So if the Yankees were to get Bauer, how comfortable would you be getting Stroman to start and Giles as back end of the bullpen help? I feel like that obviously helps you more than what I mean. You because I think the price for that package would would be approximately the same as Bauer would cost you. If you're the Twins and you trade for Bauer, it's going to cost you an absolute ton. This would cost you a lot as well, but I feel like it would be about the same, if not a little less, because you're not dealing with a division I mean, yeah, you want to explore all possibilities. And not to say that Trevor Bauer is the be-all, end-all, in terms of what you could get between now and the trade deadline. I think, yeah, you, you outmaneuvered the Yankees if they get Bauer and you get both of those guys. You outmaneuvered them, you helped your team more than they helped their team, and probably... 
at around the same price. We'll see what the price ends up actually being for these guys when the speculation is over and this is all real. But, yeah, I'm not saying they have to get Trevor Bauer. And sure. There's nobody else you. who no. would help them as much as Trevor Bauer. But Just options. There's a reason, I'm giving you options. Right, but there's a reason why I would pay that high of a price. There is a number of reasons why I would pay that high of a price to get a guy like that. Now, speaking of high prices, the other report that Lavelle Neal of the Star Tribune had on Sunday, along with uh, the Giles report, was this. Padres right-handed closer Kirby Yates, who currently leads the National League in saves. That would cost you a ton, but that would give you a guy who is in the midst of a fantastic year and is um, arbitration eligible, but he's still under team control for 2020, as is Giles, I believe. But as Phil has said, Giles missed a couple weeks in June with the elbow problem. That concerns Phil, I think, more than you, Rami. But Kirby Yates is a guy in the midst of a great season who you could plug in immediately to your bullpen at a very steep price, I'm sure. That'd be a really steep price. And who would give you, who, who assuming the pressure didn't get to him quickly, would continue to have success. I just want to make it so that if the Twins have a lead after six innings, the game's pretty much over. That's what I'm looking to so do if with you the went, Twins bullpen. So mm-hmm. to that point, if you went, let's say, Taylor Rogers. Um, Giles, who is the third guy who, who you could plug in and be completely comfortable? Or or would you just say, you know what, bleep it, I trust Rodgers to consistently throw two and then I mean, potentially bring in a guy post, like Giles or Yates. If, if the postseason it. started now, Taylor Rodgers is definitely my workhorse. And I'm I'm using him for multiple, in, multiple innings when I need to. Agreed. I'm just trying to minimize the number of times that I'm going to be put in that situation mm-hmm. with who I go and get. Because I I don't want to, my my concern is I don't want Taylor Rogers to get gassed. I don't want he I don't want the Twins to that. get to yeah, late September, true. early October. Even you know they get into the playoffs and then Taylor Rogers is limited in terms of how productive he can be for you because you've been relying on him so much during the regular season. That's why I've said, despite a comfortable and it is still a comfortable division lead at five and a half games. You the clock is ticking on when you need to make a move if you're the Twins because no the the load that you're putting on Taylor Rogers now the effects of that show up in September and October the sooner in October you, that gets very very tough right exactly that's so, asking a lot so the sooner you can take some of the load off of Taylor Rogers theoretically the more ready he'll be for the postseason the fresher he'll be for the postseason and the less run down he'll be for the postseason when you really need that guy that's fair yeah. I think that, uh, personally, I think Bauer and Yates are darn near impossible. I think this Blue Jays trade might be possible. But I'm still going to San Francisco and and saying, what's it going to take? I want Will Smith and, and, Bum Mad Bum, and Mad Bum. What's it going to take? Can somebody just make a move already? I thought this trade deadline was supposed to speed things up. It didn't at all. For Judd, Manny, I'm Rami. This has been the Score North. First place Twins show. Live from Bomasota, the land of 10,000 ranks. Magic number 69. We're back tomorrow at noon.